Hello, and welcome to episode 115 of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. On this episode, Caleb and I are going to talk about Secret Invasion, episodes four and five. Uh, Luke is out watching Barbie, to be honest, and you know he just wasn't available for, for this recording. So we have not gotten our tickets quite yet to Barbie or Oppenheimer. So Caleb and I, we're going to tackle the Secret Invasion. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Yeah, speaking of uh, Barben ha- Barben Hammer Harmer Heimer, Bobenheimer, Heppen Heppen Harpen Ruppen. Uh, <laughs> it's very difficult to find Oppenheimer tickets, isn't it? Yeah, especially for the seventy millimeter, whatever, and all the specific things that um, not Spie- Spielberg has been uh, been hyping up. Everybody wants to go see it like that. Yeah, we we are going full cinema snob for Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking for that 70 millimeter slash IMAX experience um, the way that everybody says should be seen. And I, I think it's funny because if we just like lowered our standards, we'd probably be able to pick up some tickets early next week, yeah. but, or, or sometime this week, I should say. Uh, but no, we, we're going to look, we're going to find a, a, the right screen and the right size. As far as Barbie though, uh, I, I want to see Barbie too. I'm not sure. Are you planning on seeing Barbie? Uh, maybe I'm not necessarily jumping or salivating for anything like that. I am for Oppenheimer, um, but not necessarily for Barbie. I think it'll be a fun movie, but it's not one I'm, I'm excited as, as excited as I am to see Oppenheimer. Well, Oppenheimer was on your list of uh, most anticipated movies when we did our list earlier this year. So uh, you've been talking this up for a long, long time. Um, it's for, it's sort of funny because, as people are listening to this conversation, the Barbenheimer will have con- it would have finished. Though the weekend is done, we are currently recording this in the midst of Barben- Barbenheimer. Um, but the episode will be out there for people to enjoy after the fact. So, just so everyone knows, we do plan on seeing them, and we do plan on talking about them. So, look for some episodes and conversations about Barbie and Oppenheimer in the near future but for this episode i i thought we should revisit and go back to secret invasion episodes four and five before the finale um you know we haven't been doing this on a week-by-week basis i'm not sure the show really in our minds justified a weekly conversation but it's sort of good talking about it on a two episode type of arc um i felt pretty impressed by the last two episodes here, four and five. So I'm sort of excited about talking about the show, getting ready for the finale. And I'm not sure I felt like that after episodes one, two, and three. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So without further ado, we're just going to crack open the Pappy Van Winkle and start talking about (laughs) some some secret invasion. Um, We will go into full spoiler mode about episodes four and five. So if you haven't seen those episodes or you haven't seen uh, one or the other, uh, go back and watch them and and come back and pick us up here uh, after after that. Or if you don't care about being spoiled, feel free to continue listening. Uh, So I sort of tipped my hat here already on my thoughts of, of episode four and five. But what did you think about these two episodes after our conversation um about two and three being sort of like, yeah, we like it, but it's just sort of there. We like it. What it ha- are you still on the same track or have you changed any after this l- most recent two episodes? If I'm being honest, 
I was fully ready to be an absolute hater the next time we talked about Secret Invasion if the pace <laughs> and the story continued the way it did in episode one and two. Uh, but thankfully, it did not. It did not disappoint. And I do think that there was a turning point for me, and I think it was in the conversation between um, Nick Fury and his scroll wife, not wife, wife, not wife, wife? Priscilla... Yes, yes, wife, and her name is Priscilla slash Vara, as if it wasn't confusing enough. But yeah, so I don't know how to reference her, whether it should be Priscilla or Vara. So I will probably just change it as we go. But continue, please. I will continue to call her the not wife or wife because it was very unclear where the status of their relationship ended up um, Uh after their conversation, in my opinion. Um, But I told myself that... If certain things happened in that scene, I was just going to hate on the show for the rest of my being, for the rest of my life. But thankfully, those things did not transpire. So I am ready to give this uh, a couple good marks. Oh, glad to hear it. Um, And do you want to just let let us peek behind the Caleb mind curtain and tell us what would those things have been had, had they happened? So it sort of happened in its own way but it was after good and decent dialogue i fully expected them to have their tea sit at the table and share a cup of i don't even you can't even call it joe because it's tea we're gonna call it toe (laughs) um (laughs) but i fully expected them like as soon as nick fury sat down i fully expected her to pull out the gun and him to have it out from under the table already pointing it at her And I just thought it was going to be like a really predictable portion of the show because it's been so unpredictable so far. And thankfully that did not happen. Um, But I thought the dialogue between the two of them was really good. So I thought this was the best scene of this whole series so far up to this point. And maybe even after I saw episode five, the way that they started it out, flashing back to Paris in 2012 and setting up the poem the Raymond Carver poem called Lake Fra- uh, Late Fragment. I And then tying it in back into it with this conversation in their house, I thought it was the best scene of the series so far. I thought it was so good. And I'm really glad that you started off talking about it because a lot of the conversation has been about this scene in this um, in this particular episode. And I think it's just because it's so good. Uh, the two, you know, obviously the two actors that are involved are at the top of their game with with the dialogue in both of these scenes. And just the tension in in the scene with the guns on the table. You know, there's uh, I thought of this, the phrase when two people are being utterly honest with each other, they sort of say that they're they're talking with all their cards on the table. Well, these two are spies. Yep. So they had their guns on the table. And I just thought that it was great. I loved the 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 way it was structured around that poem. I liked the backstory that we got about Priscilla or how she became Priscilla. I thought that was super interesting about how she just sort of mirrored or shadowed this one doctor yeah. who was gonna lose her life and she offered her taking over her life almost like an extension. She, you know, you can still experience these things. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, But then some of the really 
um, I guess, dark uh, ideas that were expressed in, in that scene where Fury literally told her, you're my biggest mistake. Yeah. And he said, you know, everything in his being told him not to go down the road that he went. I mean, to say that to somebody is really difficult, really yeah. harsh. And then, of course, he followed it up with, and I do it all again. So, like, these two people, I find it very interesting that they're both spies. That it's not like, you know, you, you have, um, I don't know, other spy movies. Mission Impossible comes to mind. The early Mission Impossible movies where Ethan Hunt is a spy, but he's trying to live a life with a wife and a family uh, and a normal life and keep that part of his life hidden. Well, these two aren't doing that. They're spies. And really in a lot of ways, it seems like um, Nick Fury knew that Vara, he even said, you're playing the long game on me. It's almost like he knew that she was out to get him from the start or at least keep tabs on him. A case could be made, don't you think, for that? Yeah, the way I interpreted that was like he completely missed those signs until those signs were amply obvious. Um, Mm. And I think his biggest regret was letting – going against his better judgment and letting someone into his very, very private and secretive life. Um, But I don't think she understood the magnitude of how deep – she was until mm. like the the bullets were already flying, you know? <laughs> right. Cause she had Maybe. considered yeah. it. She had considered killing Nick after the conversation she had uh, with Gravik. And then yeah. they got face to face and just didn't really happen. And I love how that was resolved because they both had their guns and they're both quoting the last line of that poem. And then it's almost like a countdown. You saw them counting down <laughs> to the moment they knew that they were going to shoot. And then both of them shot. And I love how that scene was directed, especially with the gunshot, because they both shot, they both fired, they both missed. And then you heard the gunshot. You saw her, but you didn't see. But then you heard him, right? So you knew she was okay by seeing her. And then you heard him, so you knew he was okay by hearing him. And that's when you, they switched over. I just thought the, like I said, best scene so far in the in the series. I thought I thought it was the most emotionally heavy and the best, uh, most engaging, super cool, super super cool scene. Um, but that's not the only scene in in episode four. A couple other things that were revealed, I, I th- thought were interesting, was I think one of the things we talked about last time we recorded about this show was that nobody believed for a second that Gaia was dead. If I'm recalling that correctly, I don't think any of us bought that. So I think it was very smart of them to start the episode off immediately like they did. And I almost think that it was just sort of cheesy the way that they ended the the last episode, because there's no way anybody's going to believe that she was dead. It was almost just like they're giving us a cliffhanger to have a cliffhanger, which they didn't need to do. But anyway, that's that's probably one of the nitpicks of the show. Um, But they immediately started this episode showing that before she had got to that point, she basically went and sucked some information out of the mind of the doctor that was in charge of the super scroll. Um, one of these days I'm going to refer to them as super squirrels. Just go with it because I'm probably just going to mess things up and do that. Trust me. The first time I heard them say super scrolls, I was already thinking, man, I'm not going to help myself to say super squirrel. 
Super Squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a, a superhero in Marvel named Squirrel Girl, so maybe they're onto something. I don't know. They just um, have superheroes for anything. They have everything. Marvel is everything. No, no holds barred. So they showed Gaia uh, going in and operating that machine. She pulled a vial out, so she clearly can heal herself. She has that element of being a Super Squirrel. It seems like scrolls are pretty strong as it is, but I'm not sure that she has super strength beyond that. It's unclear exactly what po- kind of power she has. So not only is she not dead, but she's actually a force to be reckoned with because she's clearly very smart. She's been playing a double agent for a while, and she knows how to hand her, handle herself, and now she's got this healing factor. Uh, so I was glad to see that really quickly, just being resolved. Um right out of the gate plus i mean she's the mother of dragons like we said (laughs) so i have two things to complain about and it's just because i like to complain sometimes one (laughs) i am so again and this is just going to be my theme until the theme goes away but i'm still so tired of people saying how old and washed up nick fury is and it happened again in this episode but Mm -hmm. He did a good job of going against that narrative and sort of showing that he still has a lot of cards in his pocket, not necessarily showing them. Um, But I just, I don't want to hear it anymore. I think the point has been made. I think the narrative is very well known for pretty much every citizen on the planet Earth. Um, But I'm glad that they're getting him to walk away from that and start to like kick butt and take names. Yes, like Mantis said yes. in um in, in Infinity War. Um I was thinking about this earlier today actually and and about that part of the conversation we had last time, which was we're all tired of hearing people tell Nick Fury that he's washed up. Yep. And you're right, they did they did reference it again. But that's literally the only thing that is telling the audience that he's washed up, is people telling him that he's washed up. He has not done, like, think about his actions so far from the beginning of this show. Nothing that he has done has shown that he's washed up or that he's, do you, can you think of something that, that, that would have proven them right? So I think just um, Maria Hill's death and not being able to know where the bombs were and those types of things where he's not like amply demonstrating that he is still ahead of the curve can show that he's That's a little fair. bit behind, not necessarily washed, but I do think that it's proving the words right versus in this episode, I felt, I don't know if you share the same opinion where they said that he's washed up, that he's old, that he's all this, but he was very much ahead of it. He was showing that he still has some, some hop in his step. I can see, and I'm on board with you about those examples. Um, some of it could be attributed to the fact that he had reclused himself to Saber and he was just out of the loop. Yeah. So he probably didn't have the kind of detailed information he needed to be in that scenario in that first episode. But you're right. The Nick Fury from before probably would have not done that and would have ha- have been three steps ahead like he liked to tell Gravik he is or was or is um but beyond that i mean he's he's accessing his safe houses he's going and talking and spying on sonia fallsworth he's you know in this episode he's saving the president i i i just i think it's an inconsistency and i agree with you that this 
show keeps telling us that he's washed up, but he's not nearly as washed up as people think he is. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't feel like they're pulling it off effectively. I agree. Like they could. Otherwise. I agree. I have a question for you though. Have you, okay. so I, I have my own answers, but I want to know yours. Um, have you been watching the entirety of the intro of like the show? No, I'm skipping. Okay. I'm skipping the intro. Me too. That thing is so long. <laughs> and I have this principle where if I'm starting a new show, I will absolutely watch the intro. If I don't like yeah. the intro, the rest of the episodes, if I'm binging it, watching it weekly, whatever, skip instantly. Um, yeah. The exception to that is like the Game of Thrones and the House of the Dragons ones because those are just epic, you know? Those are just bangers. Great. They get you going. They bangers. get you really – yeah, bangers, exactly. This one, I want to know and I want someone to inform because I will not be watching the intros for the extent of the show. I want to know if it gives you hints because it seems like the last – when you skip it, it still gives you a good maybe 15 seconds of the intro. Oh, I want to know if yeah, it gives right. you like a theme because I've seen an eye. I thought I saw like earth splitting green versus blue with like a divide in the middle. I want to know if that has anything to do with the actual episode. And I feel like as the people who speak on the shows, that should be something we should be watching, but I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're, you're sort of forcing me to go back and do something I don't want to do, which is now <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that the last part of each intro was different, but now that you mention it, there's something in my brain telling me, yeah, you know what? That's absolutely true. I only speak um, truths. So why would you doubt that? I wonder if it's connected some way to the titles or the theme of the episode or what it is, but that's interesting. Interesting observation. So I think I might delegate that to you. You should go back <laughs> and look. Man, if I had nine more minutes of my day, I absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so Gaia's partially a super scroll, certainly not dead. Uh, and just to stick with Gaia, we do see in episode four that um, you know she sits down. Uh, I believe it's it's yeah it's it's this one where she's sitting down with uh, Talos, and like she is going after the idea of telling Talos we need to kill Gravik, we need to not only stop him but we need to kill him, um, and Talos is saying no, 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 we don't need to go that route. He has a different plan. And she just straight up asks him, like, what's your plan? She doesn't, she's not all on board, even though I feel like she loves her father and that she, there's a certain amount of reconciliation at, over the course of the first three episodes. I don't think that she's of the same mind as he is. And then he tries to explain to him that we stop Gravik and then we go to the president and we reveal ourselves and say, hey, we just saved your planet. We want amnesty. And then he says to her, let's show them who we are. So he wants to be able to live in his skin, as they like to say on the show, and, and in harmony on the with the human race on Earth. And her answer I thought was really interesting. She said, um, that's not who we are, not who I've become. So like, she doesn't feel like the scrolls as a people – really even want to coexist or at least live in that version of like what Talos is trying to, yeah. the picture he's trying to paint. I thought that was interesting. I interpreted his line of show them who we are as like peaceful and just being able to collaborate, that sort of thing. And I don't coexist. Coexist. Exactly. Um, I didn't take it literally where he's going to just turn into green people. Because I think that mm -hmm. would be very different. I think her line of saying, 
um, don't you want to be able to live in your own skin was definitive of that because I think Talos's offer and plan is to say, we're going to live, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it undercover and make sure that we're keeping our disguises, except for the people who absolutely need it, versus her saying, I want us to be able to live free in our own thing and not have to live fearfully. So I see where both of them are coming from, but it was definitely interesting to see uh, Gaia show up and say, okay, tell me what your plan is, and then pretty much disagree with him. Yeah, and, and literally walk away from him. Yeah. And it, and knowing now what we know, what comes after at the end of this episode, um, like that's the last time she sees him. Yeah. Last time she sees her father, which obviously plays into the next episode. But before we get to episode five, uh, let's just let's cap off this conversation. First of all, I find it very interesting, you know, just the differences in their um their their worldviews, right? So but unfortunately that's not gonna play out too much because at the end of this episode, um, there's you know this pretty decent action scene with guns and car chases and helicopters and rockets, um, and Gravik attacks the U.S. president under the the guise of them being with being Russians, not even with the Russians. Yeah. That comes later, but being Russians and attacking the president because he wants to try to start this World War Three, um, and during this action scene. Uh, which I, I thought was pretty, I thought, I thought it was pretty gripping. You know, I was, I was really invested in it. It was good action and, and high stakes. And I just, I did sort of think it was funny that uh, Fury and Gravik just sort of, sh- not Gravik, uh, but Talos showed up and just sort of like parked off to the side and were just shooting from the side. <laughs> like that, that's sort of wonky, yeah. but okay. <laughs> but then they, they get in, they get sucked into it at some point. Cause they want to try to save the president. And unfortunately, you know, and this is also where we see Gravik's powers and, uh, you know, his group powers really yeah. come in from the f- first. Yeah. What is that about? Why is he just duping my boy Groot like that? Okay. So put a pin in it. We're going to get to that when we get to episode five, because there's a, a very specific scene that, that talks about that. Okay. Well, that I plan on talking about. Uh, so during this attack and, you know, rescue attempt, Gravik kills Talos, which I honestly did not see coming. I figured that is a death and that's a death. I think that's going to stick obviously because we saw what happened in episode five, but uh, that's, see, those are the kind of stakes that I was thinking this show was going for the moment that they shot Maria Hill. Yeah. Um, Which if I may say, I'm still not convinced she's dead. We'll see. We have one more episode to go. I am now on the opposite side of that. I'm thinking that now that, Gaia has survived a death. They're not going to resurrect two people, you know? Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But if it's for Maria Hill, I'm on board. So resurrect her. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not convinced. We'll, we'll see. So we'll see next here's week. Here's the other thing that solidifies it for me. There have been two deaths that have been to this point solidified and two funerals for those same characters. Valid. But very again, valid. we've seen people die and not die. I.e. Nick Fury. But, so, ca- counterpoint. Talos is not Maria Hill. Yeah, that's true. They don't. Sh- you don't share names with uh, with Talos. That's true. Um, anyway, so so Talos dies. Uh, the 
the optics of a alien trying to save or crash through the window of the U.S. president probably was not great. <laughs> and we do see a little bit of the fallout there on the fifth on the fifth episode. Um, but yeah, so that is where the episode really ends. We haven't talked about Rhodey and we'll we'll say we'll we'll go with Rhodey as the last point for episode four because yeah, there was a really big reveal that everybody was speculating about, and I think we even talked about it that yep, Rhodey's a scroll. No were you surprised at all by that reveal by the time that we got this in the fifth episode? Not well, I can't understate this enough. Not at all. <laughs> because my boy <laughs> because my boy Rhodey has no bad bone in his body. And he has been <laughs> just so cruel and all these different choice words that we could have for him. But he just hasn't been his normal character. Correct. Um, I, I was, yeah, Rhodey, the skull, scroll Rhodey is, is, is just a jerk. Yeah. Like, like a straight up jerk. The way his, he's so disrespectful to uh, Nick Fury. Um, you know, and he's even a jerk to the uh, to the people around him. Like in the end of that scene, um, no, no, no. When the right before the action scene, when the president shows up, and uh, and they're getting into their motorcade, um, Rhodey tells one of the agents to open the door for him. Yeah. The agent has his arm in a sling. <laughs> I thought that was funny because, like, I'm assuming he's opening the door because he's the driver, and now he only has one arm. I, I want to know what that's about. <laughs> Wait, was it's just Rhodey being a jerk? Could he have been a scroll too? Could he have been shot and now the, he's wrapped up because he's covering it or something? The driver guy, yeah. the agent. Have we seen him before? I don't I'm know. No, I think he's he's part of the president's motorcade. So I'm, yeah. I, why why did he even have his arm? And had we seen that guy? That's what I'm questioning. We this is another thing we know. should know. All great. I know is that scroll Rhodey told a guy with the one arm in a sling to open the door for him, and that's just a jerk. And to <laughs> get him a mint. And I think the ro- the scroll roadie is a female, if I'm reading that scene right, because the um, the scroll you can see the scroll, and then you don't know who that is, yeah. and then she cleans off the mirror and you see it's roadie. But before that, you see she's putting her towel on and she's sort of tucking it up under her underarms like a woman, like a female would put uh, yeah. a shower towel on. So anyway, it doesn't really matter. I just think it's interesting. You've got a female scroll playing a male human, uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, I, I did enjoy that scene with Fury and and Fake Rhodey though, with the Pappy Van Winkle stuff, and and he's just like, "Are you going to poison me?" And he goes, uh, "No, nano trackers." And he just told him straight up, <laughs> yeah. like, "I'm putting nano trackers in you," and he still drank it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that's that's uh, episode four. Episode four, I I think up to that point was um, was probably the best episode. I, I I feel like going going forward or, or looking at the, those four episodes episode five though I, I i think sort of carried the momentum forward as well it didn't have as strong of a scene or as a theme as episode four with the whole um fury and vara and the poem and that whole even so stuff uh, it didn't have a scene like that but i still thought that it moved the the the, the story forward really well and it sort of opens up with fury and in the hospital um with the president and I just sort of had to laugh because Fury notices that one of the TVs on in the hospital has got the news on, and it's showing a picture of Talos in his scroll form, um, in like sitting next to the president's motorcade. And I'm like, how how did they 
How did the news get that picture? Yeah, that's what. There was no news in that attack, and there was no photographers. I was like, how did that happen? I am so glad you shared this feeling with me because that was one of them. That was the exact frame that they showed while they were showing the show. The other thing was when uh, Rhodey and Nick Fury are having this conversation, they have so many other people around. Unless they're scrolls, which they haven't (laughs) determined at all, the cat is out of the bag, man. I mean, he's just straight up. He told Fury, like, you're going to have to, if you want to expose me, you're going to have to kill me. No, yeah. he even said, you have to, if you want to expose me as a scroll, you you have to kill me. Yeah. And there's an agent right yeah, there. Six feet away from them. <laughs> so either they're completely clued in or Rhodey doesn't care at this point. Exactly. I don't even. Oh, you know what? You know what? That I'm going to stop calling that, that scroll Rhodey because it's not Rhodey. They said, they said her name and it's Rava. Cool. Which is really weird because it's very close to Vara, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, her name is Rava, so no more Rhodey talk, okay? Because Rhodey <laughs> is probably stuck in one of those mind mind sucking closets, yep. and he needs to be freed. <laughs> so no mind more Rhodey. He's, she's I like it. Rava. So Rava is just bold. Yep. Um, and then another thing, if we're talking about the whole thing. Uh, so Rava Rody Rody Rava continues to threaten Nick. Oh, sorry, nobody calls him Nick. Everybody that calls him Nick is dead. By the way, there's a there's a thing on Nerdist which is hilarious on YouTube. Um, they show like everybody that's ever called him Nick through the course of the MCU, and they're all characters that are dead. Spoiler alert: like um, Black Widow, Tony Stark, like everybody. <laughs> has died is is called him Nick at some so point. So I need to start so, calling him Nick because I just keep calling him that and I don't want to die. I'm not not calling him Nick anymore. <laughs> so so Fury um and you know Rava continues to threaten Fury with this footage that he's killing Maria Hill and he actually says something to the effect of in 60 seconds you're going to become the most hated man on the planet because they're going to release this footage of him create forgive me for maybe being uninformed and as much as i love maria hill why is the whole planet gonna hate nick fury for killing maria hill they don't even know who maria hill is i think it's because it's an american on american trade like trader type scenario where you're killing one of your own on Russian soil, it's like an optics thing where, like, um, because she's defenseless, she's not, she's just standing in front of him, and he like shoots her in cold blood. Maybe I'm also thinking it's mostly because he's a traitor. But how is the public going to know that? Unless all of a sudden the news is going to be like, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why that's such a big deal. I get it. You know, the whole world's going to be looking for him, and it's going to make his life difficult. But I just think that that's really. They haven't explained that to me, why why that would be such a big thing. Maybe somebody out there knows. Please let me know because I don't like to be dumb. Dad, you're using your brain too much. Fury has two eyes. Only one works, but somehow both of them work. So don't question it. Thank you. I, I have to – since you brought that up, I have to bring this up too. I – the both episode four and five, I felt on first viewing, I felt very underwhelmed. And it wasn't until I rewatched them that I re- that I actually thought, no, this this is getting better. These episodes are better on a second viewing than my first viewing. Yeah. Um, the the first viewing of episode five, 
and we're sort of jumping ahead, but when he's going to fly to Finland, there's that scene right before he gets to the air airplane where he's riding in a car. He's not driving the car. He's riding a car and he's got a, he's got a, um, you know, earpiece or something in his ear and he's talking to Gravik and then he's showing up to an airplane and I'm like, this is going, everything is so convenient right now. <laughs> everything is, it, there's no struggle. Like he's just going, he's open, he's openly going from place to place. And then I literally stopped myself, Caleb, I swear to you. I stopped myself and I thought, self, you are watching a TV show about shape-shifting aliens <laughs> trying to take over Earth. Stop worrying about how easy Fury is getting from point A to point yeah. B. So thank you for bringing that up. To sort of um, put a pin in that one, I actually that whole thing went away when I saw the dude who was flying the plane. Do you remember who that guy is? The guy that came out when Nick Fury got on? Do you remember him? I was going to ask you, isn't this the same one from Black Widow? Yes. Let's I go. thought that was so cool. I agree. And the only reason – I didn't recognize his face. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't remember anything of him optically. I remember his like mannerisms, the way he was talking and his mm. like sort of like snide kind of the way he carries himself, yeah. snarky type of thing. That's the same yeah. dance he was having. Snark. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking he was just like he was talking to um to Natasha. And I thought that was a cool wink and a nod. I, I really enjoyed Black Widow as a movie. I love Natasha Romanoff as a character. I thought she was one of the best, one of the highlights of the 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 Infinity saga. And I loved her character arc. So anytime there's any kind of a nod to that movie, I'm giving it two thumbs up. And that guy saved the day. Like I, I'm, I'm on board. I like that. Um, okay, but in this episode, oh, be, be, before we get to that, I want to talk about Sonia Fallsworth because I think she cracks me up. She's great. She walks into like the MI6 headquarters. I they called it SIS. Yeah. I don't know what SIS is. Is that where James Bond is? Yeah, that's a good SIS. question. I think, I think he works for MI6, but I just don't know what SIS is. I'm sorry, Frank Mulder, if you're out there listening, send me a text or a or a uh, Instagram and let me know what SIS is because he would know. Um, and thank you for listening, Frank. You're a great guy. Um, so she goes in and <laughs> I just cracked. She just walks into like the the leader of that organization and she's just like oops um sorry i didn't see anything she's always just so like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she cracks me up so she just goes in and she like shoots the guy because she knows she's figured out he's a scroll yeah. and it's true uh and then she just like i'm the leader now and then she ends up showing up to these doctors house and again like she's just so snarky and i love how she talks i love the dialogue that they've written for her like the guy pulls a gun on her right a shotgun the doctor supposedly the doctor guy has a shotgun and she's like oh this is a clerical error <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts talking to a guy named nigel and the guy's like my name is not nigel and she's like oh no you're right uh, nigel is the guy with the uh, silencer pushed up against the base of your skull yeah. <laughs> the other line that i liked of hers was when she's shooting the leader of the sis he's like yeah there's not really a policy for like outing a scroll for being a scroll infiltrating our walls. So if you want to get me in yeah. trouble, go for it. But bang. 
Yeah. And that's where she says, I'm basically, I'm a leader of SIS anyway. So I'm making this up as I go. Like I've decided, (laughs) I've decided this is okay. So we're going to go, this is okay. Um, so I was going to start talking about the big reveal, but there's one more thing I wanted to get to. And and we talked about it just a couple minutes ago and I told you we were going to get to it. So I want to keep my promise before Fury flies off conveniently to Finland. Um, he goes to his hideout, and I think that was the same room that they referenced when they were just getting the uh, – they showed the 90s flashback earlier, maybe episode two, where they had the big scroll meeting, and and Nick Fury was sort of like, you know, join me. And that's where he met Gravik as a kid and whatnot. Um, so he goes back there, and he finds that Gaia is there. Uh, Gaia and he have this conversation, um, and that's where – the connection to Groot is because they start talking about how basically Gaia tells Fury that, you know, Gravik has this DNA and she mentioned two things, Cull Obsidian and Flora Colossus. Cull Obsidian is the guy that would hang out with Thanos. That was that big, big dude. The one who gets his hand chopped off? Yes, Uh that guy. So then even if you go back and you look in one of the in the scene where they're showing what there's a in the scroll compound they're showing a computer that has like green font and it's saying what kind of DNA they have next to Cull Obsidian there's a picture of that hand wow. that got cut off. So they got the DNA from that but the one that directly affects you is the uh, the one that she mentioned which is Flora Colossus. Flora Colossus is the, I actually Googled this and I, I looked at the Marvel, um, like the Wikipedia of Marvel nice. where it tells you everything. And Flora Colossus is the species that Groot is. Uh, so uh, Ronan the Accuser apparently showed up to this planet, which is called Planet, the name of the planet where the Groot's people <laughs> were. I did not think I could love Groot and his people more, but they named their planet Planet. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but then they would only call it Groot. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, but Ronan the Accuser wiped all of his people out, and according to this Marvel database, Groot was the only surviving member. I see. Um, I don't know if that's canon in the MCU, but anyway, that's that's what it is in the comics. But that's Groot. Basically, if you had to put like a species on Groot, he's called a Flora Flora Colossus. That's why Gravik has that ability to reach out like with branches because he's got the Groot DNA. You see, I really love your explanation. Very well said, very well put together. I don't accept it. You can't just take my boy Groot's powers. He has the rights (laughs) to it. No. But what if we said that Gravik is a super squirrel and he has tree powers? You see, I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is kind of funny, but I I still have to side with my boy Groot. I the way he took out his own guy was messed up. That was messed yeah. up. I'm so yeah. glad that they yeah, did not was. show Green Guy remnants because there would have been a big old hole in his chest. Well, and that's another interesting aspect of this of this episode because it shows that Gravik isn't really in the control in the kind of he doesn't have the kind of control that that he thinks he has because there's literally an uprising against him. Yeah, I definitely right? and think, he had to get all gra- gross with that. I story. definitely think he had an aspect of control, but the minute yeah. that that one person thought he overstepped and wasn't giving the authentic truth that he had been 
pretty much preaching that he always gives, that's when it all went to shambles. Can I bring up another wonky thing that happened in that scene where they got into that big fight right in the beginning when, cause so he had already killed that guy when he was up on that platform and was looking down and he, he grooted that guy from the, the, the upper platform yeah. after that graphic is just sort of hanging out in that like kitchen diner area that they have with the cool little booths. Yeah. And the other kid showed up the one that always wears the hats and he was like, saying he was concerned right and, and graphic is like oh are you scared and that there's a part right in the beginning of that scene where it he walks up to the table and they cut away and they show like just random people staring yeah and then they cut to another angle of even more people just like supposedly watching this happen yeah but they're in a completely different setting and they never show them again and I'm just like, both times when I watched this, I saw it the first time, I saw it the second time, I'm like, what is this What is this shot? Like, this is, is so confusing to me because they never even show any of those people again. Yeah. So anyway, it does, I'm just nitpicking. So I think that it, to me, can be interpreted as the other scrolls seeing that one person who already spoke out is dead. But now that there's a second person who's going to speak out in a different approach, they're all standing in fear. It made me realize that Gravik doesn't have a control over them and in a way that he's being a leader. He has a control over them in a sense of a dictatorship, sort of fear-driven yeah. thing. And I think that's maybe why they showed it. But I totally get it. It could have gone without those scenes. I'm completely on board with you, and I agree with you. That's exactly why they put that there. But the editing on it is just it's kind of funny. so wonky. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I challenge you. This is a challenge. When you go back and rewatch all the intros, so you can prove yourself right, <laughs> um, go and watch. Go and watch that scene because it just sticks so. It just sticks out so weird. But I'm sorry. I, I, I usually don't even notice these things. So the fact that I am going on about it is is a little bit. snobby of me so i'll just move on luke and i are rubbing off on you there hasn't been enough cgi talk now you're talking about the editing man get out of here with your cgi (laughs) Um, you know one thing i'm very grateful for there isn't a she-hulk hair type of scene in this stop it uh this thank you for listening everybody show is over i'm just gonna monologue for the next 10 minutes while i kick caleb out of this zoom call or whatever, whatever it is that we're using um, so what the big, so, okay, we'll just get to the big reveal. Why in the world? Why Caleb, please riddle me this. Why would Nick Fury think it would be a good idea to collect DNA from the Avengers? Can you please play devil's advocate here? Even if you agree with me and tell me I just don't think that that's wise, and that's what we learned. That's the big thing. He has the DNA. It came from the quote-unquote Battle of Earth, including Carol Danvers. Not only does he have this, not only does this exist, but he sent Gravik to go pick it up and collect it, clearly when he and Gravik were on better terms. But... And, and I get it. I know Nick Fury is always trying to be three steps ahead. I just can't. I can't. I just don't think this is a. This is not a good idea. And I'm not saying it's a bad part of the show. And I'm not saying that it's a plot 
whole is not. I'm just saying uh, in an in-world decision, you think he regrets it? <laughs> so I, two things, and I'm really glad that I'm bullet pointing so much in this episode. But first, I am so glad that there will be witnesses. This is on tape. My father, my dad is asking me to argue. Let's go. I am thriving. <laughs> I love it. This is such a different and change of pace. I'm, I'm all for it. You should do this more often. Um, I think, and this is my wink, wink, genuine thought. The clones are cloning to make sure that Palpatine can continue to live. Now <laughs> they're going to give him superpowers. That's why this is all happening. This is a very bad idea. <laughs> but in all seriousness, storytelling. In all seriousness. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. In all seriousness, I do think that maybe Nick Fury was using it as a sort of backup plan in case one of the Avengers was needed and no longer exists for X, Y, A hundred percent. AKA Tony Stark. Exactly. But there are other people who can fill those holes. You know, they're constantly being able to travel the universe and find different characters, not characters, but you know what I mean? Um, it's going to be an interesting, which to me is mind boggling finale. That is crazy. It took them this long do all this and now we're it's over that's insane <laughs> i agree um I, i'm sorry but i'm gonna share this really dark thought do you think that he collected it off of tony stark's dead body i am going to say yes especially or just off of the blood on his armor i either way it's not the best thing not the most ethical thing but from the looks of it ronan killed all these people all these Groots, and they got yeah. the remnants. They used a chopped off hand of a deceased member. So I, uh, I I don't think that there was a lot of remorse in trying to find this DNA. This, uh, this really brings up more questions than I expected it to because <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. fell, remember, in Winter Soldier. Yep. S.H.I.E.L.D. Was, was revealed to actually be under the control of HYDRA and effectively became a non-entity. Or at least whoever was good S.H.I.E.L.D. agents sort of like disappeared, sort of like uh, the IMF in Mission Impossible. That's the second Mission Impossible reference I've had in this episode. You should watch those movies, by the way, if I can just if I can just pause Secret Invasion. I think you would really enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. I, For posterity's sake, you should watch the first three. But the last four are... I think you would love them. The fact that it's first three and last four and that's not the entirety of the series is insane that is crazy no that is i thought they were like that's nine including the most recent no there's seven the, the one that just came out is seven oh. that we just discussed uh luke and i discussed on the last episode of the colby cast if you would like to go watch the movie and then watch listen to our conversation you can find it on episode 114 you know i don't know why i'm pointing like this but yeah he's pointing, pointing down so subscribe and like yeah. like <laughs> yeah like hit the like button bro <laughs> You know, it's a lot cheaper to just listen to the episodes and live vicariously um, because I am quite, no, it isn't. I'm quite behind in a lot of the, the current movies. Well, don't worry, because if the uh, actors and writers strike continues on any longer, there's going to be a large gap in new stuff to watch and you'll have a chance to catch up. Um, 
But more on that later. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Again, we're pointing. <laughs> what were we talking about when I got sidetracked on Mission Impossible? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were... I think we were just off on a long tangent about the, uh, the DNA collecting and how... Oh, yeah, the shield. Shield went away. <laughs> All these agents sort of disappeared. So... Are we to believe that Nick Fury had some kind of, and he was also presumed dead at this point? Yeah. Because after Winter Soldier, he was presumed dead and sort of he went away too. So was he still running some type of clandestine operation that they really never really referenced in phase three of the Infinity Saga? So, I mean, I guess all that is ripe for storytelling. You know, there's all kinds of flashbacks that they can just sort of fill in the, the blanks here. So that's cool. Phil Coulson, return of Phil Coulson. <laughs> Two questions. One, do you think in the DNA gathering of all of the deceased or non-deceased, just DNA, think they got some of Thanos's? There's, there's, there's a body. Oh there. God, that's a scary thought. Even though they well, were turned, turned to dust. yeah, they were turned to dust, but there's probably a different. I'm gonna way. say no. I'm, I mean, anything's possible. This is, this is. Uh... You say that he turned to dust, but. Thor ended up going for the head in the first Thanos that we met. That's true. So That's there true. you go. The second question is Nick. I'm not going to say that. I don't want to die. Is Fury just to scroll this whole time? And has just been the stop. It. Yeah. That's what the show stop has me it. doing. The show has me questioning everything. So I thought I'd throw it out there and add doubt to everybody listening to this. So I'm not alone. Nick Fury never came back from Saber. He's still up there in Saber. He is on and this guy's a scroll the whole time. He's on a beach in Fiji with Phil Coulson. They're sharing a uh what's it called? It's Tahiti. Oh, Tahiti. <laughs> Dang it. That would have been a banger joke. Yeah, but it's pretty good anyway. It was pretty good. I gave you points for but it. But that was more like um, a a pop fly. It wasn't necessarily a home run. It was I'm out. It was still good. It was still good. Don't don't beat yourself up. This is live. Love it. You know, we do this. We do this as much as we can in one take. Like, there's minimal editing here because um, that's not part of this job that I enjoy. So <laughs> we just sort of get on here and start talking. And um, you know, if a, if a joke falls flat, that's okay because that's just part of the art form, my friend. Yeah, the, part of the art. The form. part of the editing that you're going to get better at is throwing in sound effects. So when I hit that pot fly, you're just going to hear wah wah wah. Here, I'll try right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, any final thoughts on the Secret Invasion 4 and 5? The only thought that I have and is one that I've already said today. I can't believe that it's taken this long for the show to be this enjoyable and it to be yeah. over tomorrow. Okay, so I appreciate you bringing that up because it actually reminded me to mention, I honestly think this would have been better as a movie. I agree. And I don't mean a... I don't, and I don't even mean a movie to go see in theaters. I think, you know, Werewolf by Night is a perfect example. Werewolf by Night was not a, a movie, feature length movie. It was like a one hour special. They should definitely try something like that, maybe a 90 minute or even a two part, three hour thing uh, where you don't, we, you don't spread it out over six weeks. Could you imagine, I, and I meant to do this, but I didn't, so I'm just going to go off the top of my brain here. The first two episodes were about 50-ish minutes, like 55 minutes. The next two episodes were, 
well, then the, I think the third episode was like 40 in the 45 minute range. And then both of these two were just under 40 minutes. So if I'm doing my math correctly, by the end of this whole ordeal, we're going to have about a six hour story, but there's some stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. So you trim that up and you make it a two, two and a half hour movie and just release it straight to Disney plus. I I think it would have been better. Now, what that does to the Marvel brand, I don't know because that has not worked out so great for Pixar. Uh, they they did that with Pixar, and now Pixar movies are not performing very well at the box office. So I don't know if you do that, but if you brand it the right way, sorry for rambling, but if you brand it the right way, I'm telling you, I think this would have been a much more, um, like interesting story if it had been captivating that's closer to the word i wanted to find but a much more captivating story uh if if it had been just over two hours and we all got it in one sitting or maybe you just spread it over two weeks like a a a half and half i don't know i think you know they don't know what they're doing with streaming anyway they might as well just try (laughs) things like this see they should hire you as a consultant thank you my Venmo is. Um, <laughs> so I do think that it would have been better if it was, if it was, it, it didn't need to be spread out over six. So I'm really proud of your math. You're not that far off and you're just off the top of the, the dome math. It was about yes. 300 uh, minutes runtime. You okay. divide that by 60. It's just over 5.2 hours. Okay. So if you so chop some five, stuff out, it does. And is that not including episode six? That's, That's not just including the, first the finale. That's okay. just up to. So right if now. we get a if we get a forty five minute finale, we're right there at six hours. Yeah. So there's clearly things in this show that don't need to be in there. You just edit that stuff out, and I think it could flow much better. So I do know that the Armor Wars, which is going to be focused on Rhodey, was going to be a Disney Plus series that they have pivoted and made into they're they're now going to make it a movie i think that that is a wise choice Mm. my thing is is that you don't need to keep flooding the movies with marvel movies because they're already releasing three a year start looking at like a special presentation type of event for disney plus that's that's my soapbox i'm gonna now get off my soapbox armor wars presented by disney special what did you call it Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> no, what did you call it? The special presentation? Well, special presentation. Okay, let me try that again. Armor Wars, presented by Disney. Special presentation by Colby of the Colby cast. Boom. Um, and Kevin Feige. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he needs to come second. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, Colby from the Colby cast could top billing. <laughs> um <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because I, I did mean to mention that. And I, and I do think that this story especially could have benefited from that. And I'm not saying every Marvel series should be that. I'm just saying that this one I think would have benefited from being packaged a little bit more tightly. Yeah. So at any rate, that that's, um that's going to do it. I think for, uh, for this, we're going to get ready for the, for the, the, the season finale. I'm not even sure what to call it. Series finale. Um, any final thoughts, anything else you'd like to add before we put a cork in this thing? Uh, no, I'm just excited to see Barbenheimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we're going to do that. Um, Ahsoka's coming up. Ahsoka's coming up soon. So we're going to have 
you know, the next couple of weeks we're going to be doing some Barbenheimer stuff, and then we'll probably put a cap in Secret Invasion. <laughs> see what we're doing. Um, and then, uh, and then that's going to lead us right up to the doorstep of Ahsoka. I'm, I'm excited about that one. All right, cool. So if that's going to do it, then, uh, that's going to do it. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening for, uh, for, to this episode and, uh, thank you for following secret invasion with us. We're looking forward to seeing how this turns out, uh, for Caleb, this is Colby reminding you that there's currently a strike going on and without writers and without actors, we wouldn't have any of this stuff. So studios, I know you're listening Pay your people. You can find the Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby Cast. If you're wordy like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.